I want us to look at a scripture that is uh, a very hard text that Gracie, uh, I can't believe it. Gracie always decides to just uh, have to think about really hard scriptures that I wish were just deleted from the Bible. <laughs> but she'll get thinking about it and she'll just be like, what does this mean? I don't get it. And it's like, uh, so she led a Bible study. She led a Bible study on this text on Tuesday, Wednesday. And it just super impacted me. Uh, we had a really good discussion around the circle here and people were thinking pretty deeply about it. So anyway, I want to I wanna, uh, share about this, uh, this text from Luke chapter 17. Okay, this is, this is a hard one, you guys. You're going to hate it. Okay, but, but, but maybe you'll love it because actually Jesus has a way of turning the tables and turning things upside down in a way that uh, you'll see. Hopefully you'll see how it works in this text. So one of, one of the things we believe is that, is that God speaks through scripture. God speaks through the Bible. But it's not always so obvious because God is kind of a tricky God. He's God is God is uh, it's simple. The good news is very simple, but it's profound and yeah. uh, and multifaceted. And so there's uh, like I've been reading it my whole life, and like this scripture's never I've never understood it until now. And I hope I am understanding. I think I am. It's anyway. It's impacting me. So check it out. Let's read the beginning part, verse seven. Which of you, having a slave, plowing or tending sheep? Okay, well, none of us are like that, right? Do any of you have a slave that plows or tends sheep? Not today. Okay. You know, in Honduras, that was something that was real. There were people that they plowed with oxen. You know, we had oxen that would plow our fields. And we didn't, they didn't tend sheep, but they tended cattle. And so, okay, so, um, so Jesus is saying, which of you having a slave plowing or tending sheep? So I don't think Jesus's people were people that probably had slaves. Uh, so they, they were probably people that themselves were slaves. Yeah. Most of the people that Jesus spoke to were poor and oppressed. Okay, so I think the people were thinking, well, none of us, but I'm a slave, right? And so Jesus, um, he's wanting to get them to reach them right where they're at, okay? And he wants to reach us right where we're at. So how many of us have felt like a slave in our lives? Okay, man, I think about um, just the, um, how much pressure there is to make enough money to be able to cover the bills. Yeah. And if you just decide to drop out, like what's going to happen? I mean, you're going to end up maybe living, sleeping in your car. And then if, you're, if that doesn't work on the streets and, and like there's a lot of pressure on all of us to kind of make ends meet, isn't there? Does that ever feel like slavery? Yeah. And then you go and you work and you come back and you got kids and there's all this pressure on you. And you can't turn, you, you can't, you, you're not on vacation. You're, there's no break. You come home and then you're a slave to your kids. You got to cook the food. You got to clean up the dishes. You got to, you know, help people with homework sometimes. Or you got grandkids, right? So it's like, wow, is there any escape? You know, um, and I, I get why drugs are popular, right? There is an escape. Okay, but it's, 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 a, it's an escape that often leads to all kinds of worse troubles, right? Yeah. Okay, but, but anyway, can, can you relate to this, just being a slave? Yeah, me too. So, and that's what Jesus is describing. He's not saying this is good. He's just trying to talk about reality. Okay, so he says, which of you having a slave plowing or tending sheep will say to him when he has come in from the field, come immediately and sit down to eat? Like, which of you, when you come back from work, does, does someone tell you, hey, 
the meals, meals on the table, you know, have a nice sit down and just chill out and watch a movie, you know, let's look, do some Netflixing or whatever, like, <laughs> you know, um, get on YouTube or whatever. Hey, it's, it's time for you to get a massage and a sauna and whatever, right? Which of us gets that kind of a life? No. Okay. So, um, which of you having a slave plowing or tending sheep will say to him when he comes in from the field or her, come immediately and sit down to eat. But will he not say to him or her, prepare something for me to eat and properly clothe yourself and serve me while I eat and drink. That's like our kids, right? <laughs> where's me? Where's the dinner? And afterwards you may eat and drink, right? So we, that, that's being a parent, isn't it? Right? Yeah. Okay. He does not thank the slave because he did things which were commanded, does he? How many of us don't get thanked? Some of us get thanked, but a lot of us don't get thanked for a lot of the stuff we have to do, right? Yeah. Okay, Jesus isn't saying that's good in this text. He's just talking about reality, right? Right. Okay, here's where it gets difficult. So you too, when you do all the things which are commanded you, say, we are unworthy slaves, we have done only that which we ought to have done. What? Jesus? That is not cool. That is not cool. I'm not going to preach that. That's, that's just oppressive. Is that what you're saying? We're just supposed to be like that? We're just supposed to just say, I'm an unworthy. Actually, the word isn't unworthy. I looked it up in the Greek, and it's the word worthless. I'm a worthless slave. It's worse than unworthy. Yeah. Some of your Bibles maybe say... Which of you has a servant? But that's just trying to make it softer. In, in Greek, it's which of you has a slave, okay? And it's not unworthy, it's worthless, okay? So Jesus is saying, so you too, you know, you guys, all of us, um, when you do all the things which are commanded you, say, we are unworthy slaves or worthless slaves. We've only done that which we ought to have done. Okay, what is she, what's she, what are you saying, Jesus? Here's what I kind of take, take away from this, okay? We have a problem in our culture where we think, um, if I'm going to do anything good, I expect, uh, I expect to get some points, okay? Right? Um, I expect to get some recognition, okay? Like, and so that can happen when we're doing righteous things. Yeah. Like, um, hey, I loved you. Why aren't you loving me back? Uh -huh. Right? We expect a payback. You know, that's... That's like prison. That's the prison system, right? You give something and then they owe you, right? If I give, if I receive something, then I owe you, okay? And so that is our culture. We have a culture of entitlement where we think anything that we do, like for God too, like if I help someone, then I expect them to be loyal and nice to me. Like, like um, if, I, if I'm going to really help someone in a big way, Jenna, we have us help lots of people. And sometimes we can think, well, you should be loyal to me if, you, if I helped you, but that's like buying people's loyalty. That's like politics. No, we're not about that. I just did that when we were doing this speech ministry. Actually, I picked up a homeless guy and he got two sleeping bags because I told him I need a sleeping bag when you give me one. And he, so he got two. And then he was like, I want that sleeping bag. I was like, then you got to give me your markers. Oh, no. See, yeah. there we go. So you guys, so Jesus, Jesus is coming. He's coming against our entitlement mentality where we think that because um, he doesn't want um, us to be looking for our reward in this, in, you know, from, from doing the works of God. 
Like I could say, oh, I'm a pastor. I've been doing all this for 40 years now, which I have. And I expect like, I expect some recognition. You know, I expect some payback now. All these years of giving, 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 right? Well, Jesus is like, no, you know, because you're, you're working for the king of kings, the master of the universe. And Jesus himself, um, you know, didn't, didn't get that kind of love and, and recognition. And, and he still loved us all the way to the very end didn't he? Yeah. We don't, um, you know, Jesus is someone, it shows us that God came and let and loved us for free with no strings attached. And our loves should be that way too. Our love should be no strings attached. Like we give and we don't expect anything in back in yeah. return. If we're giving and it's all looking for payback, that's not, that's not like free, freely free giving. That's like giving with an expectation of reward. Yeah. And Jesus says, if you, if you do things to be recognized by people, then you're going to, that's, that's your reward. Whereas if you, if you do things uh, almost like secretly and you do things uh, just for love of God, your reward will be great. Okay. But it's God who's going to give you the reward. Yeah. So you got to choose. Do you want to be rewarded by just by people's thinking, you know, uh, you know, by, by just Facebook likes, or do you want to be, <laughs> do you want to be rewarded by whatever God is going to do to give you rewards and he's the creator of the universe he knows how to reward us um and gracie and i've experienced so many amazing rewards that are just ones that we could have never planned or even uh, they've, yeah. they've gone way beyond what we could ever have thought okay and and so um i really think the scripture is wanting us to see that okay see the problem is we um you know we we look at our Christian, our, our life following God as kind of through the eyes of the, of the society, where the society, um, you, you, you get paid or you get rewarded according to your performance, don't you? Sometimes you don't, though. There's a lot of injustice, right? But, but the way the system is, you get good grades and then you get, you know, you, you go up, you, you get promoted. You work harder, you get, you know, you get a promotion. And eventually you climb, 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 you, you study harder, you, you, you go to the next degree program, you get, you know, like some of us have done that to the max, like me, I was like over the top, you know, trying to, you know, trying to achieve. I went through Boy Scouts, I was like Eagle Scout. Then I went through school and I did my undergrad and then my graduate studies, then my doctorate. I became ordained, all these different things. Well, okay, that means nothing. In, in terms of, um, you know, the kingdom of God. That's right. Okay. And I'm not going to be more fruitful for Jesus because I have more education than if I'm just a faithful person who's doing what God's called me to do. Any of us can be more fruitful That's than right. me. Any of you can be more fruitful than me because being fruitful is really about paying attention to what God is saying to you. So we have a choice. Are we, you know, you can't serve everyone has to serve somebody bob dylan has this great song you got to serve somebody and it's true we all we either serve money or our employer or the devil or the drug our drug of choice you know we serve a lot of people are serving fentanyl or meth or alcohol or some people are serving usa you know as soldiers or as as government workers or whatever um jesus is saying like uh like he wants us to serve God um, 100% and be completely available to God 24-7 with no boundaries, with no 
uh, no holds. You know, we, we can't put our phone on airplane mode with God. We've got to be available 24-7. And so we come back from being available, and then we're at home, and we're available. And we, we, we are always, you know, it's like we're choosing to be a slave to God because God is good, and being a slave to God is like being part of this movement that's going to bring the goodness of God's kingdom of heaven all over the world. So if I choose to just willingly, willingly agree and do, a, do things that God calls me to do, I'm going to be part of something that's really cool. I'm going to, I'm going to see, um, I'm going to see good things happen. Like, uh, I just think it's super cool. We were, um, we were all praying a lot for Chuck, uh, Lucretia's brother. And, um, uh, you know, we were just really worried about him. We were all praying for him. And um, Lisa ended up being guided, I think, by the Holy Spirit to, to someone who knew that he was okay. And it was such a giant relief. And then, um, and it's like, and so we could be guided to, uh, but then also I, I, got to, I got to run into Chuck. I, I agreed to do a Bible study at the day center, the homeless center up, up, on, up on, by the hospital and and I was driving in, and I saw this man, and I looked at tw looked twice. It was Chuck. I said, Chuck, what's up? And he goes, I'm going to the bank. And I said, well, we have a Bible study. He goes, I got to go to the bank. Then he stopped and said, wait a minute. The bank can wait. I'll go to the Bible study. So then he came back, and it was so cool. He participated. The last two weeks, he's gone to the Bible study. And then I've helped him with some of his errands too, right? But, like, um, God wants us to be completely surrendered. Um, but, but to him and to the voice of the spirit, okay? So he says, so you too, when you do all of these things which are commanded you, what, what are, this word command is actually another word. It kind of means like instructed. It's not like, a, like, I command you to do this or that. It's more like the word actually is more like, like everything that I kind of tell you, like when I tap, tap you on the shoulder to go do this, um, you know, like, like, that's a really cool thing. Like, I think I mentioned that on New Year's Eve, I felt this strong pressure to call this man who had been a supporter of our ministry for uh, many, many, many years. He's an old, but I, I thought, I can't call him on New Year's Eve. It's like he's in his 90s, and I don't want to bother him. He's probably with his family. He's old. He's Maybe he's sleeping. He's, you know, I don't even know, um, you know, like, what state he's in at the moment. Like, it had been a while since I talked to him. But, um, and I was with my family. I was thinking, well, it's New Year's Eve. I, I shouldn't call them now, but I went with it. I called him. And when I he answered the phone, um, he had just had a bad fall and the paramedics had, had just come and kind of helped him, but he was all okay. And I was able to tell him, thank you, George, for all the ways that you helped Gracie and I and supported Chenoweth for so many years. And, um, and he was just so touched and his wife was so touched. Well, the next day, he passed away. Wait, is that George with the little roses? No. Oh, okay. George Duff, this guy, he was the head of the Chamber of Commerce for Seattle. He's a wealthy guy, but he grew up in the same church as I grew up in. Wow. But I called him. And if I hadn't called him on New Year's Eve, I would have never been able to thank him. Wow. And it super touched his, him, his wife, and his daughter, and, his, his, and, and him, and then me too. And just think if I just ignored it. That's the kind of instruction. Uh, yeah, God yeah. wants to give us things to do that are really cool to do. Like finding Chuck, you know, or Nathaniel. We found Nathaniel. You know, we were looking for Nathaniel several times, and we and it's not easy to find Nathaniel. We found Nathaniel. We found him. We found him three times since we looked for him. We've been praying. 
So, so God wants us to be servants the way Jesus was a servant. So I want to look at two scriptures more. Uh, bear with me. Look at check out Luke chapter twelve that help us understand what Jesus is saying here, because Jesus models this very attitude uh, that he wants us to have of, of not worrying about you know wanting recognition and, and just being on point and available twenty four seven. Okay, Luke twelve. Um, Let's see. Verse 35. Be dressed in readiness and keep your lamps lit. Keep your flashlights on, right? <laughs> Be like people who are waiting for their master when he returns from the wedding feast. Think about master slave. These are like, we're like slaves that are have our flashlights on and we're waiting, you know, for when he comes back to make sure that we welcome him. We see him walking on the road or whatever coming back. It was back when there wasn't Did electricity. 12, 11? 1235. Be like people who are waiting for their master when he returns from the wedding feast so that they may immediately open the door to him when he comes and knocks. See, I want to be on point. If God is going to give me something to do that's a cool thing to do, like call somebody. I remember once I was calling, um, I can share this story. I got permission. Jeff Peters, I was calling him from France like 10 years ago. I just felt like I got to call Jeff. Well, it was like three in the morning when he answered the phone. And he was just like, I said, hey, Jeff, just wanted to know, you know, what's up? And you keeping out of trouble? And he said, man, it's the middle of the night, but wow, it's just, I'm tripping, man, I'm tripping. You just called me at the crazy time. I, I just put on my ski mask and I just, I was just going, going out to burglar something. And, uh, and I'm not going to do it now. He did. He gave me permission. So anyway, I called him and I've done that with Jeff two or three times where I've called him and interrupted him. It crazy moments or i've called him i mean just really funny stuff like and so it's like i want to be with my lamps lit waiting for the master like if he's going to tell me to do something like i want to be on point i want to be ready to go with what he tells me right that's called being a slave in a way but it's a good kind of slavery because i'm part of this saving movement this the salvation movement right amen okay so then it says blessed are those slaves who the master will find on the alert when he comes for truly i say to you that you will Dress himself up, dress himself to serve and have them sit at the table. Wait a minute. So he's going to have Jessica sit at the table when she comes back from, you know, from her job when, yeah. and, and Jason sit at the table or any one of us, right? He's going to have, uh, you know, um, after we've just put in a hard day of work, he's going to have Mike set, sit at the table and he's going to dress up, dress himself up like a waiter, to come serve you. That's what it says. It says he will. He will dress himself to serve and have them sit down at the table and he will come and wait on them. Hallelujah. Okay, the master is going to wait on us. Okay, that's Jesus. So that Jesus is practicing what he preaches in the story. He says, be on the lookout because he's going to come. And when he comes, he's going, to, he's, going to, he's going to be ready to serve you. He's coming to serve you. We don't think of God that way. But Jesus says, um, you know, don't be like the Gentiles, the, the non-Jewish like chiefs and leaders who uh, lord it over people and make them, and, and they like to be the boss man that rules and tells everyone, do that, do this, do that, do that. It says, show, show, it shouldn't be that way among you. But, um, but he says that we should, uh, we should be the ones that are, 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 are 
The Son of Man has come not to be served, he says, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom. For many ransom is like Baal, to give his life as the Baal, to, to set us free. So the Son of Man, Jesus himself, has come not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as Baal for our liberation. Okay, that's Matthew 20. But now look at Luke chapter 22, verse 25. This is the last one that we're going to pray. Luke 22, verse 24. The other one was Matthew what? Matthew 20, somewhere in Matthew 20. Okay. Okay, and there arose also an argument as to, to um, among the disciples as to which one of them should be seen as the greatest. So they were going, Lorinda was saying, well, I'm the greatest because I've been in recovery for how many years? You know, yeah. five years. Yeah. No, I'm the greatest because I've been in recovery for 10 years. No, I'm the greatest because I started Tanner Nueva and I've been to the jail so many years and i've been a good chaplain no i'm the greatest because i started whatever I, you know I, I i i visited the homeless and i did all this stuff everyone christian people can argue with each other about who's the greatest right well, jesus the cover is the greatest well then jesus says and the kings of the of the gentiles of the non-jewish like lords they lord it over them and those who have authority over them are called benefactors they're called the boss men. But it's not this way with you. Not this way with you guys. But the one who's the greatest among you must become like the youngest and the leader like the servant. For who is greater? The one who sits at the table or the one who serves? Of course, it's the one who sits at the table. But I, this is Jesus speaking, I am among you as one who serves. That's how Jesus is, okay? So now if we go back to Luke 17 and we read it again, it looks different, okay? And it looks cool to me. It looks very exciting and attractive. He says, um, so you too, when you've done all the things which are commanded you, say we're, you know, we're unworthy or worthless servants. In other words, we're not like putting ourselves up. We're just saying, hey, I'm just a, just a normal messed up person. I'm a messed up person. I'm a normal messed up person in this world. But I'm trying to be faithful, okay? I'm, I'm doing what I can. That's what it says, okay? So you too, when you do all these things which are commanded, you say, we're messed up slaves. We've only done what we ought to have done, okay? Right? But then we're just being humble. And the one who humbles himself will be lifted up. Yeah. And so we want God to be the one that lifts us up, not ourselves. Anyway, so let's pray. God, I just pray that we would be people who truly humbly serve, even when we're not getting all the acolytes, all the pats on the back, all the uh, likes, you know, um, help us to be willing to just uh, serve, but not in a codependent way where we're just be doing it out of pressure, where we're just doing it because we're sick ourselves, because of our own addiction or someone else's. We don't want to be codependent like that. We want to be but we want to be tied in with your voice and because you know what's going to be good, what's going to be the true liberating action and help us to be 100% um, on point and available to whatever you'd have us do and to be slaves of you in a way where we're given over, surrendered 100% like Bobby preached last week. Help us to be 100% surrendered so that we can be part of your liberation movement yes. and just strengthen all of us so that we can hear your voice and go for it and be, be agents of change in Skagit Valley. In Jesus' name, amen. amen.